This is Today in History, December the 5th. On this day in 1876, a fire at a Brooklyn theater in New York kills nearly 300 people and injures hundreds more. Some victims perished from a combination of burns and smoke inhalation, while others were trampled to death in a general panic that ensued. The theater was very popular at the time, and all 900 seats were filled. Sometime near the start of the performance, a gaslight ignited some extra scenery stored in the fly space behind the stage. It wasn't until midway through the play that stagehands noticed the quickly spreading flames. Unfortunately, there were no fire hoses or water behind the stage, and the fire spread, unbeknownst to the cast and audience. Finally, someone shouted fire, and despite the best attempt to calm the crowd, bedlam ensued, particularly in the balcony near the rear of the theater. A narrow staircase was the only exit from the balcony, and there were no fire escapes, and the panic resulted in a stampede in which many were crushed and others remained trapped. Also on this day in 1945, an aircraft squadron is lost in the Bermuda Triangle. At 2.10 p.m., five U.S. Navy Avenger torpedo bombers comprising Flight 19 take off from Fort Lauderdale on a routine three-hour training mission. Flight 19 was scheduled to take them due east for 120 miles and then north for 73 miles and then back over the final 120-mile leg that would return them to their naval base. But they never returned. Two hours after the flight began, the leader of the squadron, who had been flying in the area for more than six months, reported that his compass and backup compass had failed and that his position was unknown. The other planes experienced similar instrument malfunctions. Radio facilities on land were contacted to find the location of the lost squadron, but none were successful. After two more hours of confused messages from the flyers, a distorted radio transmission from the squadron leader was heard at 6.20 p.m. When the first man gets to his last 10 gallons of gas, we'll all land in the water together. Does everyone understand? Sir, can you repeat that? Apparently calling for his men to prepare to ditch their aircraft simultaneously because of lack of fuel. And just like that, a mystery ensues. Also on this day in 1984, Eddie Murphy stars as the wisecracking detective Axel Foley in the action comedy Beverly Hills Cop. Jenny, don't worry about me. We got cocaine and coffee here. We're going to get wired and have a big party. Is this your car? Oh, no. In Beverly Hills, we just take whichever car's closest. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana and the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. The movie marked the first major starring role for Murphy, who went on to become one of the top grossing actors in Hollywood. And on this day in 1933, Prohibition ends. Uh-oh! There'll be no more scenes such as this. Barrel after barrel of prize whiskeys destroyed by government agents. It's going to be a cold winter for the barrel busters. Mercifully, back in 1933, the 21st Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is ratified, repealing the 18th Amendment and bringing an end to the era of national prohibition of alcohol in America. At 5.32 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Utah becomes the 36th state to ratify the amendment, achieving the requisite three-fourths majority of states' approval. The decisive vote of the 36th state against prohibition is happy news for the-
for the grain raisers of the United States and for many others throughout the land. The movement for prohibition of alcohol began in the early 19th century when Americans concerned about the adverse effects of drinking began forming temperance societies. By the late 19th century, these groups had become powerful and a powerful political force, campaigning on the state level and calling for national liquor abstinence. Several states outlawed the manufacture or sale of alcohol within their own borders. And in December 1917, the 18th Amendment, prohibiting the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors for beverage purposes, was passed by Congress and sent to the states for ratification. And on January 29, 1919, the 18th Amendment achieved the necessary three-fourths majority of state ratifications. Prohibition essentially began in June of that year, but the amendment did not officially take effect until January 1920. Large-scale bootleggers like Al Capone of Chicago built criminal empires out of the illegal distribution of booze, and federal and state governments lost billions in tax revenue. In most urban areas, the individual consumption of alcohol was largely tolerated, and drinkers gathered at speakeasies, the Prohibition-era term for saloons. Prohibition failing fully to enforce sobriety and costing billions rapidly lost popular support in the early 1930s. And in 1933, the 21st Amendment to the Constitution was passed and ratified, ending national prohibition. With an eye on December 5th, work is being rushed in distilleries and bottling works. Thousands are being called back to work in plants of allied industries. At least 500,000 new jobs are predicted as the result of repeal. From keg and barrel factories, perhaps the most closely allied lines, immediate benefits from repeal extend into almost every line of business and commerce. However, everyone's not waiting until December 15th. The lid is off in many places. After the repeal of the 18th Amendment, some states did continue prohibition by maintaining statewide temperance laws. Mississippi, the last dry state in the Union, ended their prohibition in 1966. I'll have one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer, please, because I can. December the 5th, 1933, as prohibition ends on this day in history. 